Welcome to On Balance. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. I'll be your guide as we explore the stories of today with the personalities impacting tomorrow. Welcome to On Balance. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of On Balance. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. This is a special edition. We're going to be spending time with Dr. Karen Beerer. She's the SVP of Teaching and Learning at Discovery Education. Many of you know Discovery and all the great work that they do. And I wanted to investigate and talk about some of the, well, some of us might say they were challenges, but maybe there are opportunities that have been born from those challenges relative to the pandemic and a number of, of uh, items that the U.S. education system is dealing with currently as we are now in spring 2022 and very quickly heading into the summer, the summer time frame. Karen, it is great to spend some time with you. And I know you have extensive history in the education industry at many different levels. And so I thought you'd be a great and, and very appropriate guest to have these conversations about how we look at the role states are now playing when we think about implementations in areas that they maybe historically didn't go down an approach, but maybe they are now, and maybe that is an opportunity. So with that as the backdrop, can you kind of give us the scorecard of where we are on digital resources and understanding at the different levels, what either the opportunities are and, or some of the hurdles that we are learning to, I guess, uh, circumvent in a very positive way. That's great. I'd be happy to. So first of all, thank you for having me. Um, you know, like you said, uh, a lot of background in education. I'm uh, kind of rounding the bend of uh, almost 40 years, um, <laughs> scarily, in some way, shape, or form of, of working in education. And um, as we think about, you know, what the states are, uh, at least some of the states that, that Discovery is working with, some of the work that they are doing, it's really, really impressive. And, you know, as we've looked at the past couple of years and the challenges that we've seen with the pandemic, many of our state uh, partners have really looked at, you know, what are the positives that we can bring forth from what we learned through the pandemic? And so um, what that really means is that they've started to ask the questions about, you know, how can we ensure that, you know, all of our schools, all of our teachers, all of our students and their families have access to resources that support their learning, no matter what the scenario is, whether they are at home, whether they are in school, whether they are, whether they are hybrid. You know, how can we support them? And so they've looked at really providing toolkits for schools to be able to draw on a multitude of resources to support learning. And, you know, that is a little bit different than kind of where, we, where we've been. Oftentimes, you know, states, and they still do, think about the idea that curriculum and what we do around curriculum is a local control issue. And that is absolutely still the case. I was glad but, you brought that up because I kept yes. thinking, boy, we were in a world of local control, but now you're saying it's actually gone up a level and we're thinking about it from a state perspective to support and sort of trickle down. That's right. And so in the, in the state partners' minds, local control is still absolutely pertinent and very, very important. But they want to be able to support the efforts of these districts, you know, no matter what direction they want to go with their curriculum. Again, it's kind of that's why I use the word toolkit. It's really providing a toolkit of resources that can help and support. 
And so when I look at, and again, back to, you know, all my years in, in education and public education, and, you know, I ended my career as an assistant superintendent who was over curriculum. You know, when I think about the opportunity to have a wealth of resources at my fingertips to be able to build uh, a curriculum that meets every student's needs, that is that is good news. And that is really the direction that that many of our state partners are going. Maybe this is a bridge too far, but that says to me, and maybe I think this is a positive, even if I put my parent hat on, this would say to me that we're seeing potentially a lot more cross-communication district to district to understand sort of what you're using. You know, pre-pandemic, there were all these conversations that districts were buying a lot of resources, but then not even knowing they had them, right? You would hear these anecdotes, right? Oh my gosh, how many apps did we buy? And we only used a small percentage. Are you thinking that maybe because the states are really thinking about this from a sort of a toolkit or resource a pool that that lends itself to more thoughtful conversations. If you and I are superintendents, neighboring superintendents, that we are having conversations about how your needs might match mine. And maybe we see and then can test out and understand the resources that the states have provided for us. Exactly. And what happens when you know the states provide this toolkit, it can really facilitate that cross-district collaboration because now, you know, teachers in this district can talk to teachers in this district. Hey, I created this activity using XYZ. Great, you can do that too because you have the same bucket of resources that that we can draw from. So it absolutely, like you said, really brings forth that that cross-communication and ultimately the cross-collaboration. Are the systems put in place, are they are they existing currently, Karen, in your estimation when we think about it? So if we've shifted a little bit and states are now being a little bit more proactive in providing these resources and facilitating that discussion, do we have the right systems in place, sort of the people and the roles? I'll give you an example. So I don't know, maybe 12 years ago now, 15 years ago, you would find that people who are working in library media sciences all of a sudden became the tech directors yes. of districts. Um, bit, uh, districts, big and small, you would find sort of all of a sudden new titles and roles and skills that people needed to bone up on. And I'm wondering if sort of this now angle is requiring uh, a new set of skills and or systems to be put in place at the state level so that in that, you know, that, that story here where you and I are soups, that we have the necessary communication paths to be successful within our districts. That's right. You know, definitely, one of the things that I've always said, um, you know, about education is that when you when you think about, you know, change and initiatives in education, you know, it's it's a very round wheel. But you know, the wheel continues to get rounder because we learn more, and that's really true here. So we've learned a lot about the structures and the systems that we need, and we're starting to see some of those things move into place. So, for example, in Nevada, you know, statewide they have Canvas. That makes the integration of resources very easy because everybody is really working from the same kind of system. And so um, when we think about those kinds of things that we've learned, definitely all moving in the right direction, but we are still learning. And it's the same with, with human resources as well. You know, how do we ensure that in school systems, 
we use technology in the very best way to support the learning of students. I mean, I know that right now, again, after the last two years, you know, we hear a lot about, oh, do we really want kids on devices? Totally understand that. States are understanding that. And we're saying, yes, for these variety of things where we know that technology is an outstanding way to help kids learn. But again, learning more as we go and making sure that we have people in systems who can support the effective use of the technology. And you know, Karen, that that really speaks to the role that education and communication plays at the different levels, right? So to your your example there, we've got parents and community members wondering about screen time, right? So sort of a natural thing when all of our focus then turned to kids were in our, they remained at home when we thought that they would have been at school um, like they were pre-pandemic. Can you talk about how do we how do we continue to learn when the wheel is continuing to expand in the way in which we communicate the value proposition and then this sort of new makeup where we've moved the deck chairs a little bit to incorporate the states so that they can have a voice and be much more unified in what we're sort of uh, dispensing out from a district by district approach? Because it feels like the communication to teachers might be a little bit different to than to parents and community members, but they have to be aligned. They've got to be in sync, right? Because we parents are playing a much more active role in education. I don't know if that's an indictment that we didn't do it beforehand or not. That's maybe for another discussion, but it does feel like when we're talking about successful state implementations, this communication effort is really about a campaign to some degree. Can you talk about the variation between that with teachers and that with parents? Yeah, I will tell you that um, the the communication aspect of these partnerships is is huge. Um, And it's not easy, you know, even though we have all the social media um, that we have, you know, we still have a variety of instances of, oh, I, you know, I didn't know that. And it just goes back to the fact that, you know, as we think about, you know, doing things differently, communication has to be that, that huge aspect. And especially to parents, I mean, like you said, parents are now really involved. Thank goodness. I'm so excited about that. <laughs> um, in their, in their Eureka. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, when we talk about, you know, you know, what kids are reading in schools, I'm so excited about that. I'm like, yes, I'm so excited that, you know, we are all talking about, you know, the learning and the, the resources that students are using to learn. So <laughs> that is all like great news to me. But making sure that there is that good communication of here's what you have, here's how you can use it. You know, many of um, many of our statewide partners, the parent piece, the family piece has been a very big part of their initiative, uh, making sure that, again, as we're coming into summer months, how can we continue to use these resources, to use this toolkit to help students learn and grow over the summer with, uh, with their parents? How can parents utilize them? So a huge, huge part. So it's, you know, telling the stories over and over again, putting the communication out so that um, everyone knows these resources, these toolkit, this toolkit is at their fingertips, no matter where or no matter when, anywhere, anytime. And this is a big summer. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say, I mean, when we think about, uh, you know, I hesitate to say catch up, 
But there's a lot of catching up to do. And it feels like this is a very pivotal summer for students, staff, um, schools to prepare for the next school year in ways in which we maybe have not seen for decades. Am, Am I going too far on that? Or are we on the same page? Yeah, we're absolutely on the same page. You know, I think that um, last year as we were entering into summer, you know, there was a thought that, well, come fall, we're going to go back to normal. And, you know, that didn't necessarily happen. And I think that there's also some of that now that as we get into fall, we have a lot of conversations about, you know, let's get back to normal. I don't know if there's such a thing. Um, I think it is definitely a new normal. Um, And also, I do think that we need to think about where our students are and how to continue to move them forward and grow. I know there's a lot of conversation about language, like, is it learning loss? Is is it accelerating learning? You know, in my mind, it doesn't matter. It's all about, let's find out where our students are. And how do we continue to move them forward? And I think that some of that conversation, and this is what I'm seeing with a lot of our partners, that conversation is what can we continue to do through those summer months? So no matter what fall looks like, as we return, we are continuing to focus on students, where they are, and moving their learning forward. We're going to talk about some other state examples, because I think it's important for for states uh, and leaders to hear what others are doing to either inspire or or create conversations that can move things forward at the benefit of students, uh, teachers, and their families. But one thing I want to, is given your extensive experience in different roles with, throughout education, I want to ask you something. So you talked about this, you know, uh, as we go towards the fall, right, and change. You know, there's a big concern out there for those, especially in the industry. And, and I think even parents now at bus stops are starting to get wind of it, right? Even in my district, we've had teachers already put in their notice and not even wait till the end of the year. Our principal is leaving at my kid's uh, elementary school, early retirement. And so, yes, there's the big note. There's the notion of the big quit and some of these, you know, uh, big taglines that sound very scary. But I want to take a different angle. It it feels like we need to do and maybe a better or more thorough or, or complete job of explaining the opportunities professionally throughout education. Because I think expecting young people to say, I'm signing up for the for one job that I'm going to have for 30 years doesn't exactly match the society that we inhabit. <laughs> but yet we still think that somehow this is, uh, you know, we're made out of Teflon and it's okay. It feels like though professionals like yourself, you've had very, you know, positions throughout education and that's what we should be celebrating. We should be communicating to Dr. Karen Beers of the world because it gives the next generation an idea that, my goodness, I could be teaching for a number of years, then I could go into administration. I could then go and collaborate with the Discovery Education and then come back to the district. Speak to that, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think that there is so much opportunity. First of all, you know, I want to, it goes without saying, teaching is just it is an unbelievable profession, but it is a difficult profession. One of the one of the phrases I always use is uh, teaching is the hardest job to do well, but the easiest job to do poorly. And we certainly want really, really outstanding teachers. And it is a hard job. But the other side of it is the opportunity that is there is tremendous because yes, there's teaching in the classroom, but there are a multitude of other opportunities for growth and challenge. But here's the other thing. We have opportunity at our fingertips right now about teaching in general. 
I think we have a lot of opportunities to be able to say, what do we want school to look like? Do students have to go to school five days a week? Do students have to you know, have the same teacher every day in elementary? I mean, I just think opportunity is huge. And that itself is incredibly exciting because then it opens the door to saying, you know, teaching, even though it will always be hard, it still has an opportunity to look different. And I, I think that's, I think that just is, has a lot of, of positives around it. Very um, well said. Did, it's, yeah. It speaks to being a creator, right? It's, oh, we have a chance to be explorers all over again. Absolutely. And, you know, I think, I think parents are ready to, to have those, those discussions. You know, we've been doing the, in many cases, the nine months of schooling, you know, three months off forever, you know, is it time to just open the door on those conversations? We're starting to see, you know, here in Pennsylvania, the, you know, the Philadelphia school districts that are going to start high schools later because we know the research on students and their, on their high school students and their sleep. That's all great stuff. That is all just great possibilities for just looking at how we teach students differently. Yeah. Understanding the humans that are uh, occupying our classrooms, both digitally and physically. Let's close with this. I want to make sure that we highlight something of of note. I mean, look, Discovery Education is a brand that goes without saying. People recognize it. They've been working with it for years. Uh, And I know there are a lot of state implementations. Is there one that sort of sticks out in your mind as a sort of a lighthouse example of this new path that we're forging that maybe other states would be, they would benefit from hearing about? Oh gosh, they are all so phenomenal. You know, right now our current partners are um, Nevada, Arizona, South Carolina, Delaware, New Hampshire, Mississippi, and they are all just doing a phenomenal job, but each one It's just a little bit different in its approach. You know, South Carolina is, you know, really focusing on lesson development for teachers across the state. Mississippi is focusing on science for their K to six. I mean, they're just so phenomenal in the different ways that they're approaching that um, I think that my call out would actually be to all of them, but to say, you know, find out what is the piece that is going to make the huge difference for the educators in your state. Because, you know, as you had said, Rod, you know, no one necessarily needs, you know, one more thing that they've got. They need the thing that is going to make the difference for them with the instruction and the learning of their students wherever they are. So find out in each state, what is that thing? Yeah, it's not quantity, it's quality. Absolutely. Well, you, I know you, you've said this and you said this off air about all the number of years you've worked in education, but here's what I'll say. One, uh, we are a benefit for your energy and enthusiasm. And it, it sounds like you just started in that regard. So we, we need more of that. Uh, we want to thank Dr. Karen Beer. She's the SVP of Teaching and Learning at Discovery Education. This has been a special edition of On Balance. And I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. This concludes another chapter of On Balance. Connect with me via LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Dr. Rod Berger.